You're listening to Rabbi Arya Wolby, Director of Torch, the Torah Outreach Resource Center of Houston. This is the Jewish Inspiration Podcast. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Jewish Inspiration Podcast. We're going to do today a short and sad segment. This week, as we know, is Yom HaShoah. And Yom HaShoah is the day of remembrance of the Holocaust, where six million Jews, our brothers and sisters, were brutally murdered by the hands of the Germans. The full name of this day commemorating the victims of the Holocaust is Yom HaShoah Vehagvura, literally the day of remembrance of the Holocaust and the heroism. The date that is observed is the 27th day of the month of Nisan, a week after the seventh day of Pesach, and a week before Yom HaZikaron, Memorial Day for Israel's fallen soldiers. So I'd like to share with you some of the facts about the Holocaust. Firstly, is that there were more than 42,000 ghettos and concentration camps scattered throughout Europe. The famous killing centers like Auschwitz, Birkenau, Bergen-Belsen, Buchenwald, Treblinka, Dachau, Majdanek, Belzec, Ravensbrück, Warsaw. There were 30,000 slave labor camps over 1,150 Jewish ghettos, 980 concentration camps, 1,000 prisoner of war camps, 500 brothels filled with sex slaves, and thousands of other camps used for euthanizing the elderly and infirm, performing forced abortions, Germanizing prisoners, or transporting victims to killing centers. The best estimate using current information available, is 15 to 20 million people died and were imprisoned in sites controlled by the Germans throughout the European continent. Actually, much more than 6 million Jews were murdered, of which more than 1.5 million children, Jewish children, were murdered. So on this unbelievable sad day, There are some lessons I want to talk about for the world and some lessons for us as Jews. Number one is that the unspeakable crime of the 20th century, more than any triumph of evil, was the sin of the innocent bystander. When you see evil going on in the world, when you see evil going on around you, we can't sit idly by. There are stories that are told about and videos that are shown of people being mugged, people being raped, you know, in broad daylight, in the streets of New York City, in the subways, and people are just walking by like nothing ever happens. That's the sin of the bystander. You see something terrible happening? Do something about it. Don't ignore it. Another really frightening thing is that Germany held itself as being the civilized world, the civilized culture. And look at the barbarism. Look at the murder that their civilization brought them to. And we have to be very, very careful when we're talking about a world today that has this uh, purification process. They try to cancel things. 
I don't like something, so I'm going to cancel you. I'm going to take you off of the uh, with Twitter, and I'm going to take you off because I want to purify the world. How is that different than other elitists feeling that they're going to cleanse the world of certain evil, what they perceived as evil? They perceived the Jewish people as being the, uh, you know, all of these names that they gave to the Jewish people that are disgusting. Who, who, who made you the judge over the world? And we need to be very careful of this culture that's creeping into our society today, this cancel culture. I don't think it's much different. And I'm not going to go on to the airwaves here and say that they're the same as the Nazis. I'm not saying that. But what's different of what they called the civilized world to what people today are calling their right to cleanse the airwaves of certain things that they don't like? Just because you don't like something doesn't mean someone doesn't have a right to say it. We're living with great fortune. We're living in this unbelievable country known as the United States. It's the only country on planet Earth, the only nation on planet Earth that has not persecuted the Jewish people for observing our Torah, for observing our laws and our mitzvahs. We have the freedom of expression. We have the freedom of religion. And we need to be very, very grateful for that. But you know what? It's not only the Germans that persecuted the Jews. It's the French and the British and the Spanish And any place you look, we had pogroms, and we had inquisitions, and we had holocausts, and we had book burnings, and we had killings at the stake, and we had public hangings. And it's not only the Germans. We need to recognize something, is that when you have individuals, it's like you have like this Kanye incident. I think he's just a stupid individual. I don't, I don't. I don't consider it a threat when I heard it. I didn't see it as a threat because I think he's just stupid. He's not an intelligent person. So it's like he's saying things because he wants to become popular and he wants to sell more shoes and sell more of his of – his, but I, I don't see that as necessarily being anti-Semitism. I don't even think he knows what anti-Semitism is. But still, that's something to wake us up. It's still something to alarm us that it's not even 80 years since the Holocaust. And what? Here it comes again. Be careful, my dear friends. It's something we need to wake up to. Another thing is that there were many people who used the Holocaust as an opportunity to distance themselves from God. And there were many people who used the Holocaust as an opportunity to strengthen their relationship with God. We don't need excuses. For anything, but we can make make up the excuses. If we want a close connection with the Almighty, which is the relationship of closeness, the relationship of love and of friendship, and you can say, "Well, where was God?" It's a, it's a valid question. But there were many, many, including my grandmothers, my grandfathers, who lived through the unbelievably terrible times, losing their family members their siblings, their parents. They found unbelievable emunah. They found unbelievable connection with the Almighty. 
through these horrible times. There's another frightening thing. I I heard that this was written in his book. But the monster who led the German people doesn't deserve to be his name to be mentioned. Such a garbage human being. But he, apparently they say that he wrote in his book that he was only going after European Jewry, Soviet Jewry. He wasn't going after American Jewry. There were a lot of Jews in America at the time. Why wasn't he going after them? If he wanted to rid the world of Jews, why didn't he come after American Jews? He said because the reform movement will do it for him. And it's a tragic statement whether he said it or not. I don't know. They say he wrote it in a book. But what does that tell us about where we're headed if we don't wake up as a people? to be inspired in our Judaism, not to find ways to throw out our Torah, but to find ways to bring Torah into our lives. Eloisel said the following. He said, The insight that most powerfully needs to be grasped when we reflect upon the Holocaust message must be that the opposite of love is not hate. It's indifference. The opposite of art is not ugliness. It's indifference. The opposite of faith is not heresy. It's indifference. And the opposite of life is not death. It's indifference. I think that's what we're suffering from in our Jewish world today. It's indifference. It's apathy. Nothing means anything. And we need to wake up. So some important lessons for us as Jews that we can take on this Yom HaShoah, this day of remembrance of the Holocaust. We need to stop trying to blend in and assimilate. We are Jews. We're the chosen people. And we are meant to stand out and to be an example for the nations. That's our job. That's our responsibility. We shouldn't try to look like them. We shouldn't try to blend in like them. We shouldn't shouldn't try to speak like them. And them is not a derogatory statement. On the contrary, we need to recognize that the Almighty chose us. God chose us and we chose the Almighty to be the nation that will be held accountable, to be an example. That when people say, I want to look at what it means to be an honest businessman, they should point and say, look, This, the Jewish people, they should look at us when they say, I want to see what kindness is. Look, look at the Jewish people. I want to see what it means to be caring for one another. Here, look, the Jewish people. I want to see what it means to be selfless, that the nations of the world can point to the Jewish people and see us as an example of what it means to be God's People, the nations of the world don't want us to blend in, not because they hate us, because they want us to stand out and be an example. Show us what it means to be righteous. Show us what it means to be God's people. Don't try to be like us. You're meant to be an example. We're meant to stand out. We need to teach our children about their Judaism and that they should be proud of their Judaism. Not to hide it. Oh, nobody should know. 
used to be a time where people would work in the in New York City and they would take off their yarmulke. So nobody should know that they're a Jew. I don't think we need to be afraid. I think we need to be proud. Wear it as a sign, a badge of honor. Yes, it's going to hold us to a higher standard because people expect that if you're a Torah Jew, you're an observant Jew, you're following God's commands, you'll observe his ways properly. Yes, that means that you're not going to charge interest on a loan. And yes, it means that you're going to return things in the proper time and that you're going to be honest and you're going to be truthful. Yes, we'll be held accountable. God wants us to be an example to the nations. Another thing is that it's important for us to never forget. I think that each and every one of us need to realize that that Holocaust wasn't the first. And sadly, it isn't the last. We're experiencing today a spiritual Holocaust in the United States. The only community that is growing in the last 50 years, is the Orthodox community, where people are having five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten babies, ten children. And yet, there's still only 15, maybe 20% of all U.S. Jewish population. Where's the rest? Where's the rest? Assimilating and dying away. My friends, this is a tragedy. This is a spiritual holocaust. I'm not saying it. It's not my idea to make up these words. I heard it from these actual words from our great sages of this generation calling what's going on with our secularism in the United States a spiritual holocaust. We need to wake up because you know what? We don't want what Hitler called a prophecy. He called it a prophecy. He had a prophecy. We don't want it to, God forbid, be true where we in the United States disappear because of our secularism. We need to activate and protect our Judaism. Every day is Yom HaShoah. Every day is Holocaust Remembrance Day. We need to do something special to pronounce our Jewish pride for real every single day. I'm proud to be Jewish. That doesn't only mean hanging an Israeli flag and putting it on our status on Facebook. It's also, but that's not what it's all about. Doing something that we are connected with our creator. Doing something to be an example for the world. Sages tell us that to commemorate those who have passed away, we should light a candle. I think that each and every one of us should light a ner neshama, a candle for those who have passed away, those who were murdered brutally but also to do something more than that, and that is to learn a Mishnah. Because the word Mishnah is the same letters as the word Nishama, soul. And that when we study a Mishnah to commemorate those who were murdered or anyone who passes away, it elevates their soul. And that's why we're learning the Mishnah of eth- from Ethics of Our Father, the 48 Ways, so that it's an opportunity for us to study Mishnah, for it to be a merit for those who have passed on. And I want to share with you two beautiful stories. 
so we can see what greatness is. Just at the end of the Holocaust, the great Sklena Rebbe, the leader of a great Hasidic dynasty, said to his to the people, he says, guess what? We have enough flour to make matzahs, but we don't have enough for everyone to take three matzahs home, four matzahs home, to have boxes and boxes like we have today of matzahs, and everyone can only have one matzah. So people got online, and they, as they baked the matzah, they gave every person one matzah. One person comes to the Rebbe, and he stops the line, and he says to the Rebbe, I get one matzah, but my father is the great Vishnitzer Rebbe. He needs three matzahs. So the Rebbe's kind of like brokenhearted. He's like, what? I mean, didn't we learn one thing from the Holocaust? That we're all the same? And that no one is elevated above anyone else? But he says, who am I to judge? Who am I to cast judgment on another Jew? And he gave three and the son of this Rebbe had four, one for himself and three for his father. And he leaves. And everyone kept on getting their one. Everyone got one. The morning before the Pesach Seder, there's a knock on the Sklena Rebbe's door. He opens up and he says yes, and he sees it's the son of the Rebbe, of the Vizhnitzer Rebbe. And he says, please tell me if my father was right or wrong. You gave away every last matzah and you didn't even keep one for yourself and for your son. He says, that's correct. He says, that's what my father thought you would say. And that's why he asked for the extra matzah. Here are the two matzahs for you, for you and for your son. This is the kind of greatness we saw there. You know, there was a group of CEOs who went on a trip to Israel Fortune 500 CEOs, Fortune 20 actually, a group of 20 CEOs including Michael Dell, including uh, Howard Schultz from Starbucks, all Jews. And they went on a a trip and one of the places they stopped by was by the Mir Yeshiva, the center of the world, the greatest Torah learning center on planet Earth. And they met with the Rosh Yeshiva, the head of the Yeshiva, Rabbi Nassim Tzvi Finkel of Blessed Memory. And Reb Tzvi, who was very sick with Parkinson's, was very difficult to understand the words he was saying. He walks into the room and everyone stands up. He says, you can sit down. And he says there was a Holocaust not many years ago. He says, what's the lesson from the Holocaust? What's the one thing we learned from the Holocaust? And they went around the table and everybody shared what their lesson was, what they thought was the lesson. He says, no, I'll tell you. He says, we all ask, how come so many were murdered? He says, I ask a different question. He says, how come so many were saved? We didn't have tanks. We didn't have planes. We didn't have guns. And yet so many Jews did make it out. He says, I'll tell you why. Because in those ghettos, in those barracks, You had five people, six people on a bed and one blanket. You know what people did? People didn't say, here, give me the blanket. I want the blanket. And It was freezing cold, freezing cold. People said, here, 
you take the blanket. You take the blanket. And they said, no, 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 you take the blanket. So the blank blanket covered everyone. Finkel turned to these executives, these billionaire CEOs, and he said to them, each of you have a blanket. Share your blanket with us, others. You have a blanket? Share it with someone else. Don't keep it for yourself. You have great wealth? Share it with others. You have great wisdom? Share it with others. You have good fortune? Share it with others. There was a conversation that went on in the in one of the concentration camps where they only had a few matzahs. They weren't able to give it to everyone. So they said, who should have the matzahs? Who should eat those matzahs? And some people said, you know what? The elderly people, they're the ones who should have the matzahs. And then there was someone else who said, one second. Why should the older people have matzahs? What's about the little children who never tasted matzah? They're never going to know what matzah was like if they don't taste it now. And perhaps they're going to make it out one day. We're going to know what matzah tasted like, but they'll never know. And therefore, it should go to the children. And they voted, and all the children were the ones who got the matzahs. My dear friends, we need to go and make sure that every Jew knows what matzah is. We need to make sure that we share our blanket. We need to make sure that we're thoughtful of other people and that we're an example for the nations. Yes, we're Jewish. Yes, we're proud. But we shouldn't just be a flag. We should be a people that personify godliness in our every way. We should be people that when the nations of the world look at us, they say, ah, this, these are God's people. My dear friends, this day of sadness, this day of memory should become a day of rejoicing. Where God willing, we'll be able to be reunited with all of our brothers and sisters from all around the world. And we should be together with Mashiach Tzitkenu, with Mashiach, the righteous, in Jerusalem, in our rebuilt temple, Amen, speedily in our days. You've been listening to the Jewish Inspiration Podcast, a Torch production. Become a supporter at torchweb.org because your assistance enables more Torah learning around the globe. To find more lessons offered by Torch, please visit torchpodcasts.com.